From Hype Bay Radio, I'm Sharifa Murdoch, and this is the School of Sustainability, a podcast show centered around the hard truth of sustainability and how a new wave of emerging creatives are advocating for change from within the fashion industry. Our very first episode of Hype Bay Radio, brought to you by Target, surrounds the next generation of changemakers. Across the fashion industry and beyond, the main topics of conversation is creating change for the future. Beginning with addressing fashion's environmental impact, greenwashing, and the role of circular design. To discuss how we can work towards a cleaner industry, we gathered a collective of outspoken female creatives to examine how the next generation of designers, as well as big retailers, can offer innovative, sustainable solutions. Recording during Hype Bay's Fall Formal event last month, I sat down with the sustainable designer Hilary Tamar of Colina Strada, a finalist for the 2019 CFDA Award, Olivia Chang of the eco-conscious line Daphnet, and Marina Testino, an activist and advocate for sustainable fashion. Together, the group offered insight into the industry's current state, the importance of transparency from brands and how education will serve as a key factor for the next wave of fashion designers. Um, Thank you, thank you, Hype Bay. Super excited about this panel. Um, Congratulations on your three-year anniversary. And I want to introduce these beautiful women up here with me. I'll start with Olivia Chang. Hi, uh, my name is Olivia Chang. I am the founder of the outerwear and accessories brand Duffinet. Okay. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Okay. Hillary. Hey, I'm <laughs> Hillary. Um, I'm the designer of Kalina Strada. Amazing. Hi, I'm Marina Destino, and I'm creative director and founder of Point of View. Amazing. So, in fashion, I know right now, currently, everyone's talking about sustainability. And if I know these women, they are all about sustainability, so that's what we'll be speaking about today. You guys ready? I need some like energy in here, guys. Are you guys ready? All right, all right, thank you. All right, we're gonna start with Marina first. <laughs> I hate public speaking, so. She's very quiet, but make her feel comfortable. Please, Is she comfortable? Yes. That's right, you have all our support up here. Okay. Okay, as the next generation of change makers, what are the new standards and the best practices you would like to see take place in order for positive change to occur within the fashion industry? Um, so I believe like uh, nowadays we need to make a strong push towards circularity in the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. Also transparency, um, um, upcycling clothing, um, and invest in um, how to recycle and how to biodegradable methods, um, which are like the things that we need to move towards with and really invest money in. I also believe the the government really needs to back this up because without the government's help, we can't really move forward as a consumer. We can't do much. Uh, We also need the big brands to, to be the leaders in this and really take on circularity and, um, and consider um, secondary market, consider rental, consider really uh, bringing everything in the industry and making it more circular. Um, I think that's, that's it. it. <laughs> okay, how about you, Hillary? Well, <laughs> um, no, I agree with Marina. The government needs to step in, and I think all si- um, different types of industries need to come together, and we can create fabrics out of different waste from the industries, like food 
food industries and like mm -hmm. perfumery. For instance, we've been working a lot with perfumery waste and creating fibers of cellulose to like create fabric content, which I think is super interesting. Mm -hmm. But I feel like all the industries need to come together and be like, this is my waste, this is your waste. How can we actually utilize those and then create product from that mm -hmm. and not let it just go to waste? Yeah. But in the best way, like recycling water, plastic water bottles shouldn't be used in clothing because then it just causes more microplastics and it is actually worse for the environment mm -hmm. than better but it has like a nice shiny sustainable label on it so there's a lot that's going wrong with sustainability right now where it's actually not real yes and that's the problem and there needs to be some type of authority and figure and laws in there to be able to print like print a sustainable label on your clothing because it's all just greenwashing I agree I feel like so many people now just because it's a thing is you are using the word sustainable quite often than way too much right now. Um, when we first got in here, you know, Hillary threw the bottle away and was like, we're not drinking water up here. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? And I thought about it for two minutes and it's, you, I went to an exhibit on Broadway, which I suggest everybody goes to, it's called Arcadia. Um, and it showed how many bottles of water, just how many bottles in general that we waste and how, how, how much it's gonna kill us going in the future. So I love what you ladies stand for and I love what you guys are doing. So congrats to you. Everyone can always do better, I think, <laughs> okay. We all have a room for improvement. Baby yeah. steps, baby. it's okay to have baby steps. Trust me, I'm taking baby steps too. That bottle of water was just it, <laughs> okay? Okay, let me ask, I'm gonna ask Olivia now because Marina went already. <laughs> Um, whether it's focusing on your efforts of sustainability or inclusion, what are some of the risks you've taken in order to champion change and address industry problems with work you're creating? I think for my brand in particular, mm -hmm. immediately when I started, I decided that any fur or leather I wanted to use was going to be recycled or reclaimed or vintage. And especially when I started talking to like stockists and people outside of myself and my like direct consumer base, they were like, no, 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 like you have to use new leather. Like this isn't scalable. If you don't use new leather, don't use new fur. And you are trying to do outerwear and bags. And those are two areas of the industry where people traditionally do bring in a lot of leather and animal products. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, I had to decide like, am I committing to this or not? And that was an easy question for myself to be like, absolutely, this is what we're doing, even though that makes sourcing much more scattered, much more difficult mm -hmm. and essentially unique to my brand. It is something that was non-negotiable for me and it was like a sizable financial and just branding risk. I was gonna say, it's a big risk, um, especially today when people are so fickled with buying product. Um, yeah. You felt like it was a risk to your business? Yeah, absolutely. And I think in a few situations, for example, I use a lot of vintage components as well. There have been people who didn't just were not aware of that. And then mm -hmm. they buy the product and they're like, this is from the 1960s. And they're like, I don't like that. Like, I don't, I want something new. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, if you would like something new, then you should go and, well, you probably shouldn't buy something new, but this is not it. And it, I think it asks more of your consumer, which is something that we need to do and improve the education around things. Like Hillary was saying before with the plastic bottles, and in addition to those, just producing more microplastics. I've heard that a lot of the times people, factories are producing more plastic bottles for those producers to create this like polyfill that ends up being used. So I feel like there needs to be more education around it and more understanding from both the consumer and the producer standpoint. How do you think we can educate people better? I How do you think we can start? I feel like 
It begins with, obviously now it's much democratized the way that we consume news, so it's easy for you to go on a social media forum and consume actual news and not just like photographs of somebody's lunch. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there is an opportunity there, but also in a lot of industries such as fashion, which can be considered on the edge of frivolity, there needs to be an understanding that even if you believe that the aesthetic purpose of fashion is not integral to our society, even if you feel that way, that there is still a really true consumption aspect to consider. Perfect. What about you, Marina? Um, so I forgot to tell you guys, but uh, I also do activism in a creative way. So I create these campaigns to show um, how you can be more sustainable within the fashion industry. And two years ago, I started my first campaign called One Dress to Impress. So I wore uh, a red suit for two months every day. And it was a personal challenge, but also a campaign that I wanted to show people how we're not in need of constantly consuming. Our society is pushing us and to, to consume, consume, and be different, and go to this party and dress this way. And my friend saw me with this dress, so I need a new dress. And so this campaign was really, um, I was realizing I was buying just to please other people, or just mm -hmm. to please society. Um, so I did this challenge of wearing the same outfit for two months and really recording it and showing people how easy it is. And I'm part of the industry and nothing happened. I didn't get criticized for wearing the same thing to the same events, to the same meetings for breakfast, lunch and everything. So it was really um, one of my first campaigns to, to start showing how sustainability can be fun, can be easy and, and different. And, and I was wearing a red suit. I wasn't wearing black, brown. It wasn't breaking down. I lasted two months. Because I feel like nowadays we have this notion that sustainability means bad, or not as, not as quality, or not colorful, or, or not chic, or not fashion. And uh, through my campaigns, I want to show that it's not true. Like, I, after this one, I did a other campaign called Yellow Like a Lemon. So I wore yellow outfits for two months uh, from different sustainable brands, secondary market, rental, and borrowed pieces. Um, and it's yellow. Even yellow in normal clothing is difficult. And I was able to do two months wearing yellow with being sustainable. So I create campaigns um, that you, you want to join, you want to participate, you want to try and be sustainable. And I think we need to push that instead of keep um, criticizing what people are doing wrong, um, really show them what they can do and what are the alternatives instead of saying you're doing it wrong. So I try to do that through these campaigns and they're fun and engaging and yeah. Amazing, <laughs> look at you talking. <laughs> um, I think what you do is, is really amazing just because I think with society today there's so much pressures to be different. Everyone wants to wear something different every day because we're on social media, everybody wants to take a picture. And I think that with, with what's happening in the world there's so many bigger things to think about, right? And we need to really start paying attention to the planet, paying attention to the climate change, paying attention to everything because what we do affects that. So with that said, Hillary, what advice would you offer fashion designer students or emerging brands who are looking to adopt sustainable practices for their own lines? Um, okay, so I think knowledge is power, honestly. I think being educated is really number one. So to understand what fabrics are like organic, what's real, what's fake, what, when they say we use less water, is that real? Cotton mm -hmm. is like, 
can you make a sustainable t-shirt? The answer is no. So like all these things, you can say, like it could be better for the world, but is it sustainable? No, yeah. it's not sustainable. Cotton is like the number one huge problem in the world today. Yeah. Not number one, but it's one of the biggest ones. So like making a sustainable t-shirt is not real and you can have an activism quote or whatever. And I'm a product problem of that as well we do it in our line but we don't say it's sustainable mm -hmm. but like all these people are making like jersey sustainable it's all educate yourself figure out what to do from there start do your research figure out what fabrics you want to use what type of ethos you want to have how to market it and then go from there i think it's just about education yeah what would you warn them against um <laughs> Everything, Everything. <laughs> making product is making product, and you're still a, you're a problem gotcha. if you're making product. And if you're making money, you're even bigger problem. Yeah, got it. Olivia, what about you? Um, I feel like I'm kind of speaking to myself like a year and a half ago because my brand is very nascent. It's been one year since we launched, but I feel that coming from like a pretty peer-to-peer -peer perspective, find out what it is about what aspect of sustainability you feel as if you can become most expert to take on mm -hmm. because if you try as one person as one small brand to tackle this entire problem chances are that you will not be able to create the impact you want and you will end up falling for many aspects of greenwashing so select one thing that speaks also to the ethos of your design and don't compromise the more artistic side of what you want to create but find a way that you can build that in a framework that where you are able to integrate that portion of sustainability into every single part of your into every part of your brand because sustainability isn't necessarily like like PR or production you can't outsource it it's something that needs to be integrated within you from before when you even start got it amazing okay this question is for Hillary again cuz she's like this one. <laughs> with technology continue, continuously changing what are ways you're aiming to develop and incorporate innovative design solutions as well as alternative systems to the fashion products? So I had a whole meeting about this yesterday. Did you? <laughs> I went to CFDA and I was like, how can we change? This is crazy. I was like, tell me every technology that's going on. What are you guys working on? And the answers were um, none. minimal, <laughs> to say the least. And um, it's just about, I think my goal is to go like, to actually go work with scientists and make fabrications and figure out what is correct, what is incorrect in the waste and how we can just build off of technology because I think there's so much technology there that has just like half been done. Yeah. And I think we have so much more. The future is exciting, I think, in that sense. Like I've heard of some talks about like this mushroom leather is really great, but it's not finalized yet and it's still falling apart and like Hermes has like a patent on it. But there's like all these things that are in the works that is really beautiful that I think will actually help make a difference. Okay long term but i think we're very far but i think with what's going on with the un right now and everything everyone's screaming i think it will help drive technology further and faster mm -hmm. for the future hopefully okay. in the next couple of years i think we'll see a huge change in that okay i have a question for all of you guys what at what point in your life did you you say you know what enough is enough i want to become more sustainable or was it from birth this goes out to all of you I was walking across the bridge and I started crying really? on my way to work. You saw the I walked because I didn't want to take an Uber for the polar bears and then I just saw a bunch <laughs> of trash on the ground and I sat down on the ground with a dog and started crying and I was like, I can't do this anymore. 
Okay. What about you, Marie? Um, I, two years, well, my family is very sustainable and they, and they are in the fashion industry. So we've, like, all our houses, recycling, everything has always been, like, part of, like, my birth. Mm -hmm. um, but two years ago, I saw that I had kind of this voice in the fashion industry and, um, and, and on Instagram. And I didn't want to just post pictures. Like, what was the point of posting pictures here, going here. And I thought like I should share how kind of my style, how my birth give bringing up was. And creating these uh, f projects to show um, sustainability in a, in a funner way, in a creative way and not in the way that we keep selling it. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of use my voice for a positive impact and, and kind of try to make people more aware and more um, aware of what's happening, happening and how we're contaminating our planet. Okay, what about you, Olivia? Um, I think for me it was after I moved to New York the first time I went home mm -hmm. because it was the first time I had really like fully established my own rituals of how I wanted to consume and my family is Chinese American so both my parents were born in China and the way that they think about sustainability is like not quite there. I think they, they grew up very, very minimally and then when they came to America and had access to this culture where everything was disposable like the first day I got home, my mom was like, I went to Costco, I bought you four packs of, like 24 packs of plastic water bottles. And I was like, you bought, so essentially 96 plastic water bottles for me to come home for a week. Like, please never ever do that again. And I know they were $3 a case, but let's go back and return them because nobody needs to be consuming like that. But then simultaneously, she cuts up my dad's old t-shirts to make like rags for the house instead of <laughs> napkins. So it's like, in some ways, they're like far ahead of our time, but in other ways, I feel that they got access to this culture of disposable things later, and so they think it's great. Yeah. And I felt that unless I really stood up for it, that, I mean, it goes far beyond that now, but in that moment, I was like, this isn't a way for our family or any family to be consuming. Yeah, love it. I own a fashion trade show, and the way we started trying to be sustainable is the water bottles way. Because when you go into these huge convention centers, they force you to buy the water bottles, and they force you to do that. What we did was we bought in water jugs, and we've given everyone water bottles, not the plastic ones, of course, like reusable water bottles. And they make you pay extra money for this because they want you to use the water bottles. And I'm like, you, it's like, not even helping the earth. Why would you even do this? But they don't give a shit, so sorry. Um, all right, next question to, I'm gonna give it to Olivia, sorry. The fashion industry has a waste problem, which we do all know. How do you see the future of fashion changing for the better and without causing any damage to the environment? I think that, like Hillary was saying before, there are a lot of underdeveloped technologies or like newly developed technologies where there's a lot of potential there, but they haven't necessarily been built out to the final extent. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to make those types of resources when they do become more solidified and functional in their capabilities to make them available to everybody um, who wants to be creating things. Because mm -hmm. if you are going to produce, then you should have access to the least impactful form of production like for example Hillary was saying Hermes has the patent over this mushroom leather but and obviously they they want to grow their 
they want business. to keep their business where it is and like maintain this exclusivity principle. But simultaneously, they, by trying to seem more sustainable as Hermes, they are cutting everybody off from mm -hmm. access to that product. Okay. And then, what initiatives are, and commitments are you striving for? I think, for me, I have the commitments that I set out when I first began with this brand, so Recycled Fur and Leather. I want to continue using vintage components. I'm still learning a lot about, because I was not classically trained as a designer, there are many aspects where I'm visiting my factory mm -hmm. and I see them like throwing away piles and piles of like offcuts and I'm just sampling so it's yeah. not my offcuts but I'm like no 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 like can I can I take those and like make use of them and they're like oh but they're for the other designer I'll have to ask and especially when it's leather mm -hmm. I feel like there isn't anybody who is like the watchdog for these under the radar essentially the factories and the people who are creating the pieces from the industry and they have like signs up that say like pick up your fa your fabric within three months otherwise we'll throw it away and like they should not be throwing away your fabric after three months and they shouldn't be throwing it away at all they should be Reusing. either you should come pick it up or they should find a better way to distribute that fabric and make use of what already exists on this planet yeah i agree i look at the fashion i've been in so many warehouses and so many you see within the denim community alone how much they waste. They say that they're sustainable because they're rewashing with the same water, but then they throw away a bunch of fabric that they're not using for the denim. So it's really interesting to see. What about you, Hillary? What are you striving for? Well, Olivia's at the wrong factory, <laughs> first off. <laughs> You're at the wrong factory. Yeah. Okay. Um, my factory makes like little tote bags out of their leftover fabric and really? tries to give them away to us. I'm like, really? so cute, honestly. Never gonna tell you that. Um, Wait a minute, you have to tell her that I can't tell her. My factory, <laughs> girl, that's your only thing you never give away. Oh my God. <laughs> but anyways, it's in Midtown. Okay. Yeah. Scott, yeah. You had a lot of buildings to go through. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, I think it's about, I, I really don't know the question, but I'm just gonna wing it. Um, go ahead. I, think I trust you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I can't wing it. What is the question? <laughs> I don't remember it myself, so don't worry about it. So the original question was, the fashion industry was, has a waste problem. How do you see the future of fashion changing for the better? And then uh, the other question was, what is your commitment to it? Okay, so I have a lot of commitments that I, I'm not very good at commitment, number one. Number two, okay. I'm trying. Number three, sustainable, sustainability is a journey and not a destination. So to say that you're sustainable, like say any brand, like none of these companies are actually sustainable mm -hmm. to 100%. That doesn't mean they're not trying, but we're all trying. So I think the future of fashion is more people are gonna try. I, like a lot of huge brands are doing sustainable collabs, but I think it will start to shift to where their collaborations are more bigger scale mm -hmm. and larger. Like Adidas, I think is gonna start to shift into like a bigger brand of sustainability action. And I think the more large companies do that, the actually more benefits we're gonna start to see. Being a young designer and like a small designer, my impact is very minimal. So my goal is to actually help other bigger brands have bigger impact on to save the planet. Mm -hmm. So I'm working with a few, like Celine Simon and some other sustainable people that fight for the cause to actually try to implement that and try to like hold larger corporations accountable. Got it, what about you? I also wanna add that I feel like we keep criticizing people that are trying to take baby steps on sustainability. Mm -hmm. Even obviously like it's impossible to be 100% sustainable, but 
we keep calling out brands that are taking the step. And obviously, like, a brand can't just change from one day to another and be like, okay, now we're cutting all, all this out and we're going to be sustainable. But the fact that we're scaring away brands from criticizing other brands that are coming out to do sustainable things, we're not letting brands come out and do baby steps. And, and that's a big problem because, for example, Zara just came out and said they're sustainable. At least, okay, they're, they said that they're doing sus something sustainable and now they're open to criticism. Yeah. But they're open to criticism. They didn't take it in, they didn't start doing it on themselves and didn't put it out there. Mm -hmm. The fact that they put it out there is putting other brands like, oh my God, they're doing something, maybe we can also put out there that we're doing this. But the fact that we're criticizing everyone that keeps coming out with something sustainable makes other brands be, be afraid to come out and say something. And I've been working with a couple of brands that don't want to work with me mm -hmm. because they're like, look, we love you, but we're not ready yeah. to do a sustainable campaign because we can be criticized for this, this, and this. Yeah. And that is a problem. I think because in, within the fashion industry, sustainability right now is trending. So every someone can wash one t-shirt from their whole collection and say I'm sustainable and that's what's happening and I think that's why people are frustrated that really are true and committed to sustainability they're kind of like okay but you did that one t-shirt you know what I mean so I think that I understand where you're coming from but I think that that's the opposite side when you look at it that way because mm -hmm. I think if I was standing for something and then you did one thing and you're like yeah that's me you're like, you weren't with us this whole time around. Like, what's going on? So I think that that's the process. So when brands say they don't want to maybe work with you, they might be just protecting their brand, you know? Because yeah, it's important. That is, that is a problem, though, mm -hmm. that if, if we don't push brands to do something, at least yes. even if Zara does one sustainable T-shirt, mm -hmm. that already changes all the ways of that, all, all, the, all the production of that T-shirt now is sustainable. So it, cha it changes. Yeah. Although it's super micro, but... But it does help. But then what happens if today I'm not drinking out of a bottle of water, tomorrow I am? Do you know what I mean? Like no, you have to I know, look I at know, it. but I feel like we can't, like, we need... I don't think criticism, yeah. you're going to get criticism regardless. If you wear a black t-shirt today and a red t-shirt tomorrow, you're going to get criticized if you wear the same red suit every day. Like, someone is always going to have an opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you know, you just have to go with the flow and go with what you know and be okay with it. And just be okay if it, if, if it doesn't work out that way. You know, I think that there, someone's gonna always criticize you for something that you're doing. Someone's criticizing you, all of us, for sitting up here talking about sustainability. So that's just how we live in the world we live in. We're putting ourselves on a stage where people are able to criticize us, you know? So that's it. Thanks for listening to Hype Bay Radio, first episode of the School of Sustainability, featuring Hilary Tamar, Olivia Chang, and Marina Testino. To find out more about the show and stay up to date on the new episodes, head to hypebay.com radio. You can also subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor FM. Leave a comment below and tell a friend about the show. We appreciate your support. Lastly, we would also like to give special thanks to Target in this week's episode, The Next Generation of Changemakers. You're listening to School of Sustainability on Hype Bay Radio.